Hello and welcome to the Lost Art Podcast. I am Paul and I'm here with Gar. That's me. And today we are doing something that I totally forgot to do. We forgot to do this. I don't know why. I think we thought we already did it, but we didn't. I hadn't. was 100% convinced that we had done this before. Uh, I even had the songs in my head. I, I, I avoided songs because I was convinced that we had done this before. But I can find no yeah. evidence. That I we don't have think done we did. Uh, so this is best foreign language uh, songs that are not in English. Yep. Um, it, this was harder for me because I, I kept forgetting songs that I listened to like every week that Same. are not in English I'm like shit yeah that's not in English yeah. it's so big and deadly that I forgot mm. so it was kind of interesting because I know people that won't really be into songs that are not sung in English mm. I don't care what the fuck people are singing about as long as it's not Jesus or weird horrible shit mm. that, they're ser- that they're serious about mm. um, so it's mad yeah I didn't pick Rammstein do you, ask? you didn't pick any Rammstein no pick any Rammstein so just straight off the bat it was too obvious I, I don't really like Rammstein like you don't not, really like them. I, I don't hate them I, I just yeah. don't do it for me it just looks like a load of elfless spitting fire on the stage and uh, I'm not into it the music's phenomenal though. yeah like if you listen to the albums they're great uh, I don't think you ever picked uh, like 99 Red Blue 99 no, no Nina no Nina obvious again I thought yeah. maybe not but uh, these, these, this is more of it. This isn't it, like the best of. This is our favorite foreign language yeah. songs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, foreign language songs was sort of a joke. Is like best foreign language. We were going to go for an Oscars thing, but um, this is yeah five each of our favorite songs that we remembered are not in English. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I think I, I picked a bunch of stuff that I do. Uh, I do listen to not all the time because I'm listening to anything all the time, but like songs yeah. that I know or acts that I know. Um, that don't do it in, in English. I don't do these songs in particular in English in any way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's mad. I thought we'd done this one, but we hadn't. And I don't know if it's super interesting. It kind of is interesting in terms of, like, these artists are getting to Ireland, like, by by way of, well, before the internet, like, Cigarettes. Mm. Just gave away one of my ones there. That's real good. That's real, that's real good. <laughs> till, till 98 or something like that I copped it mm. uh, and I wasn't really mad onto the internet at that stage so I think I just this is a lot of these I heard so I'm going to stop before I say another one of them and then uh, I heard that one <laughs> yeah. and that one so now he's now a around the playlist <laughs> uh, well look we'll go with your one first yeah uh, you pick a song in a genre that is my <laughs> least favourite genre in the entire world sorry sorry it's not my least favourite <clears> genre in the world it is. Yeah, um, I've, I've talked about this before. <laughs> so uh, forgive me if I get. Ugh. Yeah, I, I find I find this. Uh, this I'm gonna turn my gain up my microphone a little bit low. There we go. Um, I find this genre a little bit interesting um, for for a multitude of reasons. So I picked the gas thing is the genre. It's not really a genre. It's more of the language plus genre. Isn't yeah, it really? pretty much. Yeah. So I I picked French hip hop. Okay, oh. I know. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I don't know why I can't. I love French music. I love hip hop. Yeah, but there's something about putting the two of them together that makes me go, I can't. Yeah, well, well I find it very interesting. French, French hip hop is the biggest hip hop scene outside of North America by a massive margin. Yeah, like, like it's just the music is brilliant. It, I really, really enjoy loads of French hip hop. Like, I picked a guy called Lompal. I'm, I'm not going to pronounce any of these, Roy. Like, let me just get yeah, this we're out gonna, of the way. We're gonna, we're, all of us are going to fuck up. Straight up, I'm going to like anglicise the shit out of them. I'm sure it's like Lompal or something like that. <laughs> yeah. oh, it's Lompal to me. Lompal. 
Is Lompa? <laughs> I don't know, right? And I picked a song called, uh, I'm going to say it in English, Evidement. <laughs> I don't know how you pronounce it, Evidement. I'm sure it sounds delicious and sexy. Yeah, when, yeah exactly, when Lompal says it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, he's a good example of kind of the current batch of French hip-hop guys who do... Uh, there was a, a big divide in the French hip-hop scene years ago that, that went more towards kind of this real laid-back kind of cafe hip-hop. And another gang and I went into this like super angry, stab people, ghetto stuff because France is full <laughs> of ghettos. People forget. Like, France is rough as fuck. Yeah. Like, and uh, parts, of, parts of Paris are dog rough. And so uh, the, the scene was kind of split between this real relaxy, sexy time stuff and machetes down the back of a lane, you know what I mean, uh, style French hip-hop. And this uh, Lompal guy seems to, he seems to have a kind of a foot in both of them because the modern guys didn't really have to decide. Uh, so this yeah. is off an album uh, called Janine, which came out in 2018, which is a second album. And I've done Bananas Business. He's one of the biggest names in French hip-hop. Uh, there was guys before that, like MC Solar and uh, Lionel D, D-Nasty, Assassin, uh, Supreme NTN. These are all like big names in the French hip-hop scene who obviously get maybe a tiny bit of recognition outside of France, but not like not enough. I mean... Be like the German hip hop scene. P- pick any country on earth where they're rapping in their native language. It's not going to be big. My next outside. one has some German rap, so I can't even say anything. Exactly, I can't even give you shit over this. Yeah, because well, I can't give you shit anyway. <laughs> some bit when I'm listening to French hip hop, right? The music starts, and I'm like, oh, that's an amazing hook, like yeah. an amazing thing, and then it's just like. What's that? So at the well? Oh yeah, no. yeah, yeah. This guy, this guy is a little bit more rolls off French the tongue. Hip-hop. Yeah, like the French language suits. Um, suits that relaxy stuff. I don't know about the real aggressive stuff, that boom bap style. I, I don't know about that. But this guy Lampal does this kind of kind of slightly modern, chilled out stuff. But like loads of the new uh, French guys are doing kind of that trap auto tune style as well, which is, re- I, it was never really my bag, but I can appreciate some of it. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, he, he's very interesting. Like the, apparently Lampal means the pale man. Um, I don't know. Right. Make of that what you want. The pale man apparently is made of slagging him. You're real pale. I just realised. Like I think both of us left off one of the most obvious ones of all time as well, and yeah. it's sort of the the very first song. I think I could be wrong about this. The very first song that um, came into the consciousness of people who listened to only English music uh, was a French song that was fully in French. That was the biggest song I think at the time. It's not that Nina Cherry song, is it? No, it's uh, it's a term by Serge Gainsbourg. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I avoided, yeah, I thought you avoided gonna, Serge. I was going to, but like I said, I, in my head, we'd already done this podcast. I've, yeah, I've picked him a few times. But no, I'm only mentioning it because the, the French language is, uh, and Jitem is one of my favorites. I absolutely yeah. love it. That's um, one of the first ones that I think broke out of the barrier of a different language yeah, yeah, into definitely. the world. Like, France, so good, like France have definitely had more outside hits than like, Germany, let's put it that way. It's, it's, you know what? I swear to God, I think it's England, America, and France. Yeah, for me, as the world. It's, probably. Like, in terms of uh, quantity, yeah, because quality, you can't really quantify that. But, like, so I'd say Sweden has better music than France, but oh, yeah, realistically, exactly. if I sat down and started counting the pennies, yeah, it's probably France. Mm-hmm. Yeah, more than likely. Oh, yeah. So, anyway, more that was my, 
Hip hop is huge um, in France around eighty two, eighty three, and a lot of uh, like hip hop shows start popping up on French radio stations. And it was around that, or a couple of years later, the government brought in this law um, in the in the early two thousands. They brought in this law that helped kind of escalate the French hip hop scene, like into kind of everybody's houses because hip hop had always been bubbling away under the, kind of under the radar in France since the early 80s but in the early 2000s the government brought in a rule that said 40% of all music that's played on the radio in France has to be in French so that's mad yeah they have something similar here but it's it's nowhere near 40% I think it's like 10% or something like that that's um, like some sort of a Bavarian beer law isn't it exactly yeah so that meant that the radio stations were kind of scrambling looking for good quality stuff that they could put out the radio stations and obviously with stuff like hip hop you can pretty much make a hip hop album in your bedroom and it's going to sound the same as one that was made in the studio because it's all preconditioned samples and stuff you just need a good corner to, to uh, set a microphone up in you know yeah, yeah. so a lot of the stuff that was being sent to the radio stations that was hip hop sounded really good and would have kind of stood up to the stuff that they were playing that was English speaking from from the States and from England and stuff like that so a lot of hip hop ended up getting played on the radio and it that's just a really, st- that's a really good reel to, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, uh, the the problem is that it's not going to work here in Ireland because such a tiny percentage of the population actually speak Irish. You know, um, they, yeah. they they have a push. I know on, I think like TG Car had a thing where obviously everything had to be in English and ninety percent of it had to be sorry in 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 Irish. And then I think RTE Radio or something like that. They they've got um. They have some sort of real where it has to be ten percent is in sang in English and then loads of their spoken word, like the kind of radio documentaries have to be done in in, in Irish and stuff like that as well. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. um, it, it's not going to work as well here as it would in France or Germany or Belgium, no, no, or Italy or blah, blah blah. Let's be honest, it's not our most used language. No, far from, far from. Um, so I'm going to play a little bit of this Lompal, uh, Lompal, uh, évidemment. <laughs> I'm going to play a little bit of that. Um. You 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 can probably just unplug your headphones right now. You're not going to like this. No, we're going to try and enjoy the music at all. It's just it's nice and chill out. We'll, we'll give you whatever 40, 50 seconds of this um this lompin. J'avais pas trop sommeil, mourir au sommeil comme King Kong, le seul rêve qui compte. Mais pourquoi moi? Pourquoi je serais différent des autres? Mon seul don c'est vouloir être différent des autres. Et pour ça j'ai la rage de vaincre, la rage d'être le meilleur sur la page de fin. Si jamais ça marche, je pars plus comme une tache de vin. Oh. J'ai l'impression de m'entendre dans mes premiers morceaux Toujours à crier comme un connard morceau Sauf que maintenant j'ai plus 19 ans Et je crois bien que les gens bizarres du showbiz disent que mes disques se vendent Yes, concert complet dans toutes les villes de France On était déjà passé par là en van Sur scène je donne tout, j'en ai 2000 devant Mais je suis toujours mal à l'aise quand je parle à un fan Évidemment que je veux prier comme l'homme J'ai passé ma vie invisible comme l'homme Pourquoi vous voulez m'aimer maintenant So yeah, it's very French. Uh, there's nothing wrong. With, there's nothing wrong with that. I don't know what it is. I have to get over this. This is this is my problem. This is my <laughs> thing. I was going to look up um, the lyrics for everything just to get a gist of it. But I started 
and I just stopped because I'm not arsed. I'm not going to lie to you. So if you want to know what they're rapping about or what they're singing about in any of my songs, I don't know if you've done it, uh, you can go and show you and just look it up yourself. I'm not, I'm not doing your job for you. <laughs> uh, I, I haven't a clue but about any lyrics in this. There's one, I'm not going to lie to you, there's one song that I have in this. I don't even know if it's in, the langu- in a language or in English. I'm guessing it's in that language. Right? No joke. Like, I've done everything. I, just, I listened to it a thousand times. I heard a couple of words. I was like, ah, oh, they could be like them crossover words that, like, there is no native <laughs> tongue for. And I can't put the rest of it together. So I'm guessing because I can only pick out the odd word every now and again. I'm like, they're definitely singing it in their language. So uh, if, so, if any, but when we get to it, please, if somebody knows, tell me. Um, <laughs> because I, had to, I pulled it out of my hole. I wanted to do a particular country. And uh, I came up against some stumbling blocks that I will explain. But that's my force, and that's uh, Lompa Lompa, and Eva Dement, Eva Dement. And uh, who is your next one? My your first one, one is to, the, my first one, yeah, is the 1982 banger from Austria, The uh, Commissar by Falco, mm. from his debut album Einzelhaft, which I think is like a prisoner or uh, locked up or something, I think mm. it means. The um, Commissar means police commissioner in English and an English version of the song was recorded and was a way bigger hit for a band called After the Fire and uh, Laura Branigan also borrowed the entire melody the melody in this is so fucking good that people mm. were like people need to hear this in English <laughs> I think is the deal that's happened but, uh, a few Fal- times yeah yeah Falco's like well I'm doing my one <laughs> so so he had it in 82 I think in 83 and 82 two, two of them in 83 Laura Branigan as well uh, had her one called Deep in the Dark which is just she just took the melody and rewrote the the lyrics. And mm. um, that band after the fire had a huge hit with it, but they were already ready decided to break up when when it kind of got big. And I think the fact that it was like a cover, they were like, yeah, well, I'm not gonna do that again. And mm. um, this song did really well in the charts in German speaking countries, but also I think did number one in Italy, France, mm. Spain, and Japan. It had such a big potential that. Uh, like I said, it was recorded a few times. It was even covered by Trent Reznor's fourth band, Option Thirty. So if you want to give it a little blast, I love this song. Yep. I love the English version of it as well, but I love this one. Right, here we go. Two, three, four, Ja, das reicht zur Not, ich überreiß, was hier ist wie. Ich überleg bei mir, ihr Nasen spricht dafür, wäre das nicht noch Rauch? Die Special Places sind dir wohl bekannt, ich mein, sie fährt ja über Rauch. Dort singen's, Gardine dumm, oh oh. Schau, schau, der Kommissar geht um, oh oh. Er wird dir anschauen und du weißt warum, die Lebenslust bringt die um. Alles klar, Herr Kommissar. That's so funky. It is mad That's funky. so funky. Um, this was two years before Rock Me Amadeus, which I was going to pick, but then I was like, you know what though, I actually prefer The mm. Commissar. Absolutely love this song. Uh, Falco died in a car crash in 1998, actually. He was planning a comeback and he was only 40 years old at the Oof. time. That is... Um, the Commissar, which I do, like everyone goes mad for Rock Me Amadeus because it is an ultra banger. Yeah. But uh, 
Jesus, that's just deadly. I just yeah. love it. And it's been Great. sampled so many times, been covered a lot, like you said. You can tell phrases. how many times it's been cut up. Like every time every time he changes riff, you're like, I've heard that before. I've heard that before. I've heard, heard that, that yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like loads of his songs have been absolutely thinking, going, you know what? Yeah. For the people that aren't, it's like the way this, for the reason that they remake shows. Oh, yeah. They remake shows um, like for the English market. So like, I don't know, there's loads of like, Norwegian and Swedish detective shows that have been oh, yeah. over, and uh, but then again, it's gone the other way as well. Like oh, English show, like definitely. we were just talking about, Life on Mars has been yeah. sold to every single country on Earth. Like Russia yeah. has one, Australia has one, every country Russia on ha- Earth has, Russia has, has a Life one on Mars. Uh, Russia has one that's like twenty four seasons, twenty four episodes per season or something like that. Have you I ever read about that. read about the American one? No. Read about the American one. You won't spoil it for yourself. It well, I've, I finished it now. I finished it the season, two seasons now. Okay, yeah. So you're moving on to Ashes, Ashes to Ashes. Yeah, I'm going to move on to yeah. that. Um, what, what, uh, just don't bother watching the American one. Just read the synopsis. <laughs> read okay. the synopsis. It will blow your fucking mind, man. Like, <laughs> it is absolutely insane, like, what they've done to that show. I think it only went one season. And I think they, halfway through the season, they were told, no more of this. So it was just this fucking race. <laughs> to the end to get it done and like the last episode like the the twist is just it's outrageous it's outrageous so uh, just read the synopsis don't, don't watch okay. that, that show do not watch that show <laughs> <coughs> well that was uh, that was like I know I, I get, like I can't do French rap and then I just played a German Austrian rap song <laughs> like straight away but he's an he's a savage rapper and he's a savage singer as well oh yeah Falco could, could have done it all man yeah. absolutely could have done it all to Beyonce to be on say it back then. Yeah, he was he's dancing everything I said. But uh, yeah, I always have time. I remember the first time as a kid hearing Rock Me On My Day. Kind of, that's the greatest song I've ever written, probably. Yeah, it was great. And I loved it. Like, I played that song all the time. And then, uh, I, I, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go into Falco's discography over the next. Yeah. While I'm in work, maybe like that. If I get some time, if I'm not doing Absolutely. any audio stuff. Yeah. I'm going to go into because jeez there's some bangers there's some hidden gems in Falco I'm telling you right now um, anyway that was my first one who's your next one uh, my next one is probably probably the most obvious one on the list but I, I wanted to get it done um, and I know that in, in the, the this uh, non-English podcast that we didn't do that I think we done in our head <laughs> that this was on it so I, I took off to split the difference just so I got this done because the story for it is excellent and it's a uh, plas- plastic Bertrand with Caplan pour moi right which again is in French but it's sang by a Belgian guy so we're going from France to Belgium uh, but he sings it in French and it depends I think it depends on where you are in uh, in Belgium what language they speak they have a weird kind of French Flemish crossover language and then they have some parts that are yeah, French I've got, I've, got, I've got some of that coming later yeah. and I didn't really know what it was so I just said French yeah exactly like this is I'm pretty sure this is 100% in French um, because that was the marker he was aiming at um, but uh, he, he probably speaks 17 languages like every other proper European bar Ireland um, <laughs> hey, at least we're still in Europe we're still in Europe but like have you ever been in Europe and you go like you're in the arsehole of I don't know the Netherlands, and you pull into a petrol station, and you're like, oh, God, how am I just going to have to point now and do fucking monkey signals to try and figure out how to get bleeding petrol into this car, and you walk in, you go, hello, and they're like, hello, what do you need? Yeah. And you're like, holy shit, everybody exactly. speaks, like, seven languages here. Like, they don't school you, correctly. You so lazy. I feel like lazy and stupid. Stupid. Like, like I'm going in, t- baby talking. When I go to that uh, festival 
in Belgium. Right? Yeah. And I go, hey, can I have this, this size? And they're like, yeah, yeah, sure. I'm like, thanks for talking in English. You're like, okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, all right, yeah. It makes no okay. difference to me. Like, the, like, it doesn't matter who they are. Like, it could be the, the lollipop man who lets the kids cross the road speak six languages. Like, it's, it's insane <laughs> over there. So, uh, yeah. Plastic Bear Trans with Cab Plant One More. Uh, his name, it's one guy, his name is Roger Francois Jarrett. And uh, he's a Belgian songwriter, producer, and a TV presenter. Uh, born in Brussels to a French uh, father and a Ukrainian mother. And uh, has pretty much been in band since he was in like, the Boy Scouts. So what are we talking? 10, 11, 12, something like that. Yeah. Um, so he's been so, making yeah. music for a long, long time. He went to college to study music. Um, got influenced by the punk uh, punk movement in the late 70s. And started studying. Uh, I think he moved from like uh, wind instruments to drums and stuff like that. He was very, very interested in the way uh, kind of punk drummers were using their instrument. So um, he was singing and drumming. And uh, released this song... Um, Car Plan Pour Moi which is actually a B-side this song. This is a brilliant song. it's a great little song um, it was actually a B-side to what was meant to be his lead single which is a song called Pogo Pogo now it all goes a bit sour here right so this song was released in 1977 it was a worldwide hit right takes off it was meant to be a bit of a kind of a not a slag but like a pastiche like a, a fucking tongue in cheek spitting image style punk song slash video and all this kind of stuff you know like everything's turned up to 11 for it and uh, so it takes off because the punk movement's at the game and loads of attraction there's kind of punks on every corner and you know it's, it's the new fad essentially and this song comes out and it's super catchy uh, vocal wise it's great music wise it's great it's just it's doing the business but it turns out that that song was written and sang by a guy called Lou Deprejic who was a mate of Plastic Bertrand, of Roger. So, Roger's yeah. just lied, right? Uh, he just asked his pal, who was a pretty well-known uh, Belgian songwriter. He was writing kind of pop songs for all these kind of up-and-coming uh, 60s and 70s bands. And he said, listen, I, I like punk. Like, Do you think you could write me a song? So he went into the studio, and in two hours, he just pissed out this fucking this song, Carpla- I can't even say it, Caplan Pour Moi, in two hours, recorded it with a load of his mates, this guy, uh, Roger, if wasn't even if he's, on the if recording. He's don't, if you don't think you know what song it is, you absolutely know this song. Yeah, we're going to play it in a second. It's been on so many ads and so many movies. <laughs> yeah. It usually involves a chase. Exactly. Like a chase. It's got that real oh, hectic style to it. But yeah, he, uh, yeah, so this guy, Roger, who is Plastic Bertrand, just asked his mate, uh, listen, will you will you uh, write us a song? And he just put together this kind yeah. of demo with a few of his pals and gave it to Roger and he released it. And uh, there was murder over it. And it, it comes to light later that the first four Plastic Bertrand albums, the guy Roger, who is Plastic Bertrand, doesn't sing on any of them. He was meant to be the singer. He's in the videos and he's doing the interviews and the press. He's not on any of them at all. It was all this other guy and they ended up having a big court case and everything over it because... uh, How did he write that many songs and not... Did he write a second album from his He wrote four albums. Hang on, at what point does he go... I heard that song on the radio there. That's oh, he, he knew what was going on. Um, but I think your man Roger was like, I'm going to feed you a lot of money and I'll play them live. Like, I'll just do me, me rock and roll version because he could, right. could sing and he could play drums or whatever, you know. Um, so the guy Roger, who is Plastic Red Hand, could, could perform, but right. the, he wasn't writing or singing the songs, the studio versions, like, at all. He just had a lot of oh, like, wow. shit hot musicians, even though he went to school and studied music and all. Uh, we're going to play a bit of this just so, listen, again, everybody knows this song, uh, but just, just to refresh our memory. Bam, bam, 
comment ça se passe J'ai sûrement lié à bouffer sa langue en buvant Prends mon whisky quant à moi, peu dormi, vie, débris Mais j'ai dû dormir dans la gouttière où j'ai eu un flash So yeah, you knew you knew that song. You That's just a know it. It's a killer of a song. It's a, a, a murder of a song. So yeah, this guy Roger, who is Plastic Bertrand, uh, just convinced this guy to write and perform, uh, record a lot of albums for him. And then finally it comes to light, like years later, like in the 2000s or something like that, that this guy, Lou Deprick, was, uh, was doing pretty much everything for him. Now, he did release albums with him singing and playing on them later but like nothing ever like, compared to that four song you never had anything he ended up uh, he entered the Eurovision in 1987 for Luxembourg um, with like a self-penned song as well and came like 21 out of 22 like just massive failure like full on yeah. shit to bed Kaplan uh, pour moi means everything is going well for me roughly what it translates to uh, apparently if you well, translate it, it directly uh, yeah exactly if you translate it directly it means everything is gliding um, yeah. that's kind of the direct translation. Translation. What's funny is that the same year there was an English version of this song brought out, but it's completely different. It's the same backing track, but the vocals are just completely different. It has the wee thing in it, but it's not even the same. Uh, it was by a guy called Elton Motello, and it, it's a song called Jet Boy Jet Girl, right? And everybody, please God, go to Spotify or YouTube and type in Elton Motello. Jet Boy, Jet Girl, and listen to this Is song. This thing, Jet Boy, Jet Girl. Uh, no, no. Oh. It uh, he, he might maybe at the end of it, but the main oh. chorus is about getting a blowjob off a bloke, and then seeing that bloke with a girl and getting really, really jealous. So then starting like a triple with your boyfriend and his girlfriend. It's fucking insane. It's mental. Okay. It, and this is nineteen seventy seven. This is 1977. Go and listen to the lyrics to this song. It's fucked up, man. It, it's not. It's nowhere near as good as the Plastic Bertrand version. It's just not. Um, nowhere near as good. But um, poor L, um, fucking Roger from Plastic Bertrand tried to have a, a hundred fucking comebacks. I think he even re-released the song, re-recorded it, and all with him singing, and it just never done the business. Because once you once you hear, once you find out it was recorded in like two or three hours, kind of as a demo session, and then you listen to it, you go like, oh yeah, it sounds like a demo. Like everything's all over the place. The drums are buried. There's no bass. You know, like it's the vocals are slightly out of whack. But, like, because yeah. of that, it works. You know what I mean? If it's trying to ape that kind of punk rock style. But, like, realistically, in 1977, most of the punk rock albums that were coming out would have had mad money put behind them from, like, Virgin Records and stuff like that, you know? And EMI Records yeah. would have been putting mad money yeah, like, into yeah. The Damned and Sex Pistols. Everything sounded amazing by then, you know? Uh, so he, he was a little bit late down the kind of rough, the rough and raw thing. 
but uh, it worked because the song was just so goddamn catchy. But like nothing really. I think he had one song that came out after that one, Midland. Um, I can't remember the name. Well, that was just head. by by the merits of the first song. Usually, one hundred percent. People thought well, they were getting by the second one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And by the third one, like, I'm, I'm not getting bitten again. Well, I'm out. Right. I'm out. Anyway, that was Plastic <laughs> Bertrand with Kaplan Pour Moi. Um, who is our next one? Uh, it's funny you just mentioned the Eurovision because this band performed at the Eurovision, not in the Eurovision because they're just simply too good for that. Mm. But um, they are Onuka. They are an electric folk band from Ukraine who use traditional Ukrainian instruments with electronic drums. Deadly. Um, and they sound so good. It's mm. ridiculous. Um, so the band consists of three main members. Maria Sorokina. I'm going to fuck these up. I know I am. <laughs> Nata Zizhichenko and Daria Sert. I think I might have got a passing grade on the three of those, maybe. Mm. Uh, the Ukrainian word unaku or onuka translates to granddaughter. Right. Um, a tribute to the singer Shizhichenko's grandfather, who was a renowned folk instrumental maker. Um, uh, Alessander Shliachik, I think is his name. Um, this, this is the very little information on this. I'm sure there's like a thousand articles written in Russian, yeah, but uh, it's that's the that's a massive amount of information that I could find. That's it. It's hard that's to it. find stuff on a lot of foreign acts because obviously yeah, we go yeah. to Google and you type in the name of it, you'll get the, you'll get uh, as many articles as there are in English or references or mentions as there are in English. But generally, um, the search parameters will cut out any foreign language articles, e- even so to the point where you, it's really hard to find them to translate them because like m- most browsers will do like a quick translate there and then for you yeah, for some information yeah, yeah. as well but and, it can be very difficult it, to find it it'll, tr- it'll throw you off guard because if yeah. I typed in the word granddaughter it's going to go okay that's what you wanted to talk about yes in, yes. you're obviously from Ukraine or Russia <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's what yeah. you want to uh, exactly but, um, this song was shown to me by a mate of mine actually um, mm. uh, about two years ago and just you have to give the song a listen you have to give this whole, yeah I, I'd make sure people listen to the whole song, but we can't mm. do that now. You know what I mean? Like that. So give it a lash there. This is uh, Anuka and Zenith.
That's mental. That sounds like a weird James Bond team meets mad trip hop stuff. I yeah, like it. and all that like a lot of those instruments are real and played by the band. Like and, that's uh, real cool. I just love how. Boom! Yeah, that's real cool. That's the Marvel movie. Yeah, how's that Marvel or James Bond? Yeah, like boom! It's real it cool. I like that. And the the vocals are brilliant. The lyrics couldn't tell you. Sorry, couldn't tell you what's that's, going on. Couldn't that's, tell you what's going on. That's a that's that's a really good segue into my next one. <laughs> right. Well, what is your next one? That was Anaku Zenith. What is your next one? My next one is a Polish band called. Okay. D E S Z C Z, right? And it's pronounced Desht, right? Uh, which means the rain in Polish. Cool. And uh, do you know what? Do you know what I have to say about people who are not putting their band name in English? They can reuse a billion deadly oh, terms words. Seriously, you can call yourself Kiss and get away yeah. with it. <laughs> you know what I mean? ATDC. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, one hundred percent. We're we're the Rolling Stones. What? No, uh, the fucking Smash Redock. The other Smash Redock. Yeah, means Rolling Stones. Um, absolutely, just get away with it. So yeah, Desh, um, Desht. I can't. I, there's there's a particular movement that your mouth makes when you try to speak any sort of like Eastern language that us poxy Westerners can't do. Right, and it's not a, a not a tongue roll. It's a weird <laughs> that we can't do. No word we ever say makes this noise that's why learning like yeah. polish or uh, any sort of slavic language trying to to yeah. move that Ca- can't do it so it's like desht is kind of the closest version of it that i could do so they're from uh, poznan which is where the football was a couple of years ago formed yeah. in 2013 it's a three-piece um guitar bass drums box standard two vocalists two of the lads sing and it's this weird how would you put it they call it um Neo crust to like bleak neo crust hardcore metal, right? It's that's that's not what they call it. That's just a lot of genres that they'll be they've been tagged in on on, on like Bandcamp. It's a small band, uh, but released an album a couple of years ago that kind of blew everybody's mind. Uh, in on the kind of European crust scene, European kind of heavy hardcore and black hardcore scene, and it's yeah. it's this is fucking bananas good. Like it is outrageously good. It's kind of kind of convergy kind of Dillinger Escape Plan I, I don't know how you'd how you'd describe it but it's definitely kind of by a three piece band from lads from Eastern Europe um, uh, this is the band that I'm not entirely sure if they're singing in English or Polish I'm guessing it's Polish if the name of the band isn't Polish I have to assume they're singing in Polish um, yeah. you, you'll know why I can't tell now in a second I'm just going to play them um, so you'll know you'll know then um, I like this a lot
So answers on a postcard if them lads are singing in English or Polish. I'm guessing it's Polish. Um, yeah. I'm guessing it's Polish. Uh, I'm mad into that. That's after the tour record called Three. And uh, I think two every lost their mind over two, which I have to go looking for now. Because right. when I start looking them up, every review was like, Jesus Christ, this is amazing. Jesus Christ, this is amazing. So like now I'm fucking, I'm balls deep in this band. I need to go looking. Um, I, it's really hard to find anything about this band. Yeah. <laughs> like, because they're, and yet, well, 2013, they're like, what, seven, eight years on the go. Uh, they played a couple of gigs around Europe put out three albums, self-funded, self-recorded, self-released, the whole bang, the usual DIY kind of ethos behind the whole thing. Um, hopefully, fingers crossed, like, fingers crossed, there's no mad shit in it there. I made me missus have a look online and look up lyrics and all. I was like, <laughs> listen, just, just tell me there's no references to fucking like a Supreme Race or fucking Odin or anything. <laughs> like, that's what I need. Like, once there's yeah. none of that, I'm all right. to- totally against that. Like, yeah, ninety nine point nine percent of the time, it's grand. But yeah. like, this is a new band that I know nothing about. Can't look them up. Yeah, yeah. I just have to eliminate that instantly. I'm ninety nine percent sure that I didn't pick a, a, a gang of bogies because I hope not. Because I really, really like this. I really yeah, like yeah. it. This is. I never thought that. I don't know what they're singing about. I, I need. I need a lot of these songs. Couldn't tell awesome. you. I'm just hoping. Fingers crossed. There's nothing wrong. Yeah. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just fingers crossed, because like <laughs> you know, if, if it's in English, you, get, you instantly like it only takes one or two words for you to go. Absolutely not. Um, but yeah. when you don't speak the language, fucking Nick Spreckens, you fucking any language really. Um, <laughs> I, I, I haven't a clue what's going on. So uh, that's a uh, dished. Uh, I like it a lot. That's right up my alley for. Um, kind yeah. of heavy modern music I'm into that and by the end of the song it's really slow and kind of dissonant and evil and I'm that's I'm into that uh, who is your next one well they've mentioned Converge 2013 and heavy music mm. in the last one and that applies to this as well um, this is a band who I think would be one of your favourite bands okay if you listen to them maybe you do listen to them uh, is, uh, I know this band but I don't think I've ever actually taken the time to sit down and listen to this band Let's put it that so way. So this is a song called Evig van Drar by Kvelertak. And they're a Norwegian heavy metal band that have huge punk influences mm. as well. You can definitely hear the punk. Um, this song has taken off their second album, Mier, which came out in 2013, like I said. And Rolling Stones in 2017 ranked it 96 on their list of 100 greatest metal albums of all mm. time. Um, that's some going. That's big so, deal. They're just such a good band. Uh, Mier is Norwegian for more. And this was produced by Kurt Ballou of Converge. And all of the artwork you'll recognise because it's the same artwork as uh, Baroness because it's done by John Dyer mm. Baisley as well. Um, Kveltrak, Kveltrak, Kveltrak means stranglehold mm. and Evig van Drar means eternal wanderer. Um, give this a go like okay. I wish you could hear from the start where it starts with like an acoustic guitar yeah. and then builds into something else but we have to be really we have to, so. yeah, have to be give, uh, yeah. Right. give it a go here we go
That's really cool, yeah. Oh, it's very I good. Like that, They're yeah. so good. They really, really are. They have a feeling that you're not listening to something that's been done too many times. Yeah, yeah. It's obviously, it's obviously influenced by so many things, but you're listening to it going, this feels... And that, if, if someone said to me, like, big fans of this band might disagree, but if someone said to me, sell me this band in less than two minutes, that's mm. the section I would, because it gets a lot in there. Yeah. Um, their fourth album was met with like worldwide acclaim despite having a brand new lead singer. Hmm. So they're an example of a band who survived yeah. the lead singer leaving and stuff like that. Um, that was kind of a shock to me when I heard that, that he was leaving. Like when you hear a band singers leaving, you think that's them gone. Yeah. And then they come out with an absolute banger. It's called uh, Split. Um, so that's Kvelar Tak uh, from Norway and they're singing in Norwegian as far as I know. Mm. Uh, I don't think they're singing it in rugby at all. Uh, they're brilliant. They're an absolutely brilliant band. And uh, they're a bit fun as well. Like, yeah, there's honestly, definitely they, like here kind of crumb suckers and bits of dwarves and stuff like that in there where they mix kind of remi- yeah, rock and roll and punk. Of dwarves with Baroness yeah. and a bit of like yeah. melancholy and everything. There's like mm. real pop, pop. Definitely. Like, pop of, sensibilities uh, in there. Pop sensibilities, exactly. Mm. Yeah. So who's your next one? My next one is another famous one. It's Kraftwerk. Had to do it. Yeah, um, I, yeah I, I forgot. See, I listen to Kraftwerk all the time. I forgot to put them in the foreign language band thing. Yeah, now, Kraftwerk, to be fair to them, pretty much they'll do a good mix of English yeah. and German. So I picked uh, Die Roboten, which is obviously the German version of The Robots. Um, Kraftwerk are, like, both insanely famous and insanely uh, important. Uh, formed in Dusseldorf yeah. in 1970, uh kind of known as the pioneers of, of electronic music, like pretty much like the leading force in, 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 in electronic music. But um, they started off as a kraut, kraut rock band. Um, it's like a West German rock and roll style that the West kind of dubbed kraut rock, which is yeah. weird, grim rock music that was coming out of West Germany at the time. And they started yeah. off doing that. Yeah, it is, it's fantastic. It's where you get your, your joy divisions and stuff like that. And... Um, Bowie's uh, exactly later stuff as well. Yeah, um, so they started off doing that, but uh, they start kind of getting access to synthesizers and those build your own synthesizer kits and stuff like that, and eventually just kind of fully embraced synthesizers and drum machines, vocoders and stuff like that. And uh, they've had twenty plus members over the years. Like it is a bit yeah. of a revolving door, but they have been going since nineteen seventy, folks. You know, we're talking what fifty one years? Is that fifty one years? Um, yeah. Uh, 41 years 41 years no 51 years fuck my life 51 years yes <laughs> I just I was, I was like hang on oh, God, I keep, for some reason I keep thinking it's 2010 um, yeah so do just, I. A, just a current thing that happens to me at the moment um, so, I can't believe the, ni- the 90s were like a decade ago. I know stop it <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait till the new episode of Buffy is on tomorrow um, <laughs> so um, they used to tour an awful lot right they toured all the time and then they slowed down touring because it it was a nightmare touring with the amount of equipment they had they had like sh- literal tons of synthesizers and stage equipment yeah because if you're messing around with a lot of synths you go oh I need that synth just exactly. for that one bit just for that, that bit exactly yeah. so they had this famous kind of um, recording studio and they wouldn't tell uh, this is a great story um, that will lead into the continuation of the fourth story so they had all this equipment and it was a pain in the, ba- in the balls touring as they got kind of bigger and they had to be in like uh, a whole new city and set up by the next day for the next gig type of thing so they, eventually they knocked it on the head and they took all their equipment and they set up this studio 
just for recording. And apparently they hated being, this is mental, they hated being interrupted while they were recording. Okay? So they, being kind of electronic whiz kids, what they done was they said, right, if, you, if anybody wants to contact us, this is the number to ring. Okay? But don't just ring it whenever, because no one's going to answer it. If you want to ring us, ring us Thursday nights at 5 past 5. So 5.05 p.m., you ring us, and we'll answer. So what they done was they took a telephone, and they took it apart, and like disconnected the ringer. So it didn't matter. You could be ringing all week. They wouldn't hear it. And one of the guys at 5 past 5 would go in and sit beside the phone. And exactly 5 past 5, you just pick it up and start talking. <laughs> That's the way it worked. Once a week, Whoever, yeah. <laughs> you could get a hold of craft work to fill them in on what was going on or whatever. Or offer them jobs or whatever it was. It, it, it was either that or post something to them. That was the only way. And they wouldn't tell anybody where the recording studio was. Not even the record label or it knew. It, that was a deepest, darkest secret. You weren't allowed to bother them at all. So, after years of messing around in the recording studio, and technology kind of caught up with them, um, like way later on, they decided to start touring again. And they had these custom-built Sony Voyo laptops built that were like absolute monsters. Monsters. So They were great laptops. They were not, super. I'm not talking about those of them. Sony Voyos were fantastic yeah, laptops. Exactly. I still have one. I still use it. They're great. I had one for years as well. They were really well built um, for PC laptops. Um, so they had a couple of these custom built and basically all they done was uh, they had kind of these weird controllers built, MIDI controllers built that had like knobs and pads and faders and touch pads and stuff like that. So they could control everything just from the laptops. And then they were able to swap out like their giants. They used to have these giant like projectors and drop down screens and stuff like that because they had like an audio visual element, much like like a massive attack or something like that. They were able to swap those out with like a couple of these giant LCD screens that like everything essentially the entire tour would fit in the back of a van. So that meant they were able to start touring again. Um, that made like a massive difference to them going yeah. on the road. So that's like it, it, up to a couple of years ago, you would have been able to see craft work pretty much any summer. Uh, anywhere in Europe at some festival yeah, like you if, know. You, if you have a good computer you can have thousands of keyboards on that because yeah. you're only using the one or two possibly three if them they could be using two or three MIDI controllers <laughs> at a time yeah. exactly and that was the whole idea they could just set up set themselves up on the podium plug in their machines they had their little small controllers that would fit in the backpack in front of them and off they went they could control everything and then they'd start making more use of stuff like backing tracks but like um, actively modifying backing tracks as they as they went so it wasn't just like a kind of a live DJ set type of thing they were actively yeah. making music but using backing, backing tracks as samples almost and messing with them on, on, on the fly so that made a big difference to them but yeah they they done songs in English they done songs in uh, German uh, I think there's a couple of songs were somewhere in English and German at the same time but this very, this song I picked uh, Die Roboter is uh, obviously the German version of the robot I'm going to play a little bit of it uh, yeah. right now Thank you. 
So it's Kraftwerk with Doi Roboter. How does that stuff sound that quality? I know, it's it. mental, isn't it? Remastered, but could, remastering can only do so much. Oh, yeah. If the source that material sounds, isn't great, then... it sounds so clear. Uh, it's so crispy. Right. I know, it's outrageous. Yeah. Um, anyway, that was my second last one. Who is your second last one? My second last one is Deus, who are a Belgian rock band who usually sing in English. And in fact, I think they've only once ever sang in French. And it's this song, Quatre Mans. I've got one and I'm coming as well. Yeah, <laughs> good. Uh, in 1999, they released one of my favourite albums of all time, The Ideal Crash. And Quatre Mans is the lead single from their 2012 album, Following the Sea, um, which is their seventh album. Uh, Quatre Mans means four hands, I think. I'm almost sure. Like I said, it's the first time that, uh, first, and as far as I know, only time the singer Tom Barman decided to sing in French. Hmm. Um, it doesn't even sound like him in the song, and this song doesn't even sound like Deus. It's mad. It's not an example of how they sound, but this is genuinely one of the coolest songs I've ever heard. Mm. It sounds like uh, a bank heist in <laughs> Paris. <laughs> Deadly. So just give it, give it a quick bash yeah. there. This sounds like a, a bank heist in Paris. Does sound like a bank heist in Paris, doesn't it? Mm, yeah, absolutely. Mm. Even though they are Belgian, and uh, I think uh, possibly usually speak Flemish. I don't like. I said I don't know the ins and outs of. I know they're different. Yeah, they're different. Belgium has a couple of different things going on. It's weird. I want to say vernacular? Is that the right uh, term don't to know. use? I don't know. Don't know. Don't know. I don't, I'm not very well educated. That's my Neither problem. Neither am I. I. I wish yeah. I was, but I didn't pay attention in school. All the stuff no, I, I should have learned in school, I want to learn now. Maybe they should yeah, send us to school and my at bra- 40. My brain, and my brain is the size of like an eraser when it was a sponge. Pretty much, pretty much. So now I can only take up like two or three new facts a day. Honest to God, now that like Ninja Turtles cartoon is not telly anymore or He-Man and stuff like that, like all that's just atrophied. It's, it I'd hasn't even just, been recycled. I'd love to just go back to uh, history class even for like one. Like, mm. whoa, history. I used mm. to be like, 
doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. stupid. I'll never use it. See, like, languages. Like, they tried to teach us languages, like. And we were, like, stupid. And they were, like, living in fucking the EU and all. And yeah, it'd I be great. Mind, but my, I, I picked up languages so fast when I was I doing them. I don't. I have full and, mutant brain. And and I just, whatever happened. I went, went to the Guel talk for, like, for three or four weeks and came back speaking almost fluent Irish. Genuinely. Like my did you go to the like, Gale Talk, did you? I only yeah. met like three people in the whole world that ever went to Gale Talk. So you get added to that list. There you go, yeah, I did. Don't know why my mate was like, let's go, it's deadly. It wasn't that deadly. I bet you it wasn't. especially like camping, but and you couldn't even fucking like look for your L in your real language. Like it was I remember one time they were like at the end when we were about to go home, they were like, Right, so we're gonna have a big dance in the hall. Oh no. Like a, a disco or whatever like that. And then uh halfway a no, not one of those. She's like, it's the Irish language. You don't do all that. We went in again the back peeling spuds and all that going. This is like crusty camp crusty. But I remember, uh, like hearing like there were there was they were all speaking in Irish, so I didn't like pick up the intricacies of what they were talking about. But the, everyone that was running thing was mad worried. And apparently, uh, this was in Galway. Apparently, okay. like people from the local town were coming down to batter all the jackins at the ground. <laughs> Like they were going to break in and kick the crap. But I was looking going, hang on a second. There's fucking We're children. Yeah, and we're children. Not, not, not just that, but even though, well, we were children. I'd say I was about, I'd say I was about 14. Oh, we were able to throw a dig then. Definitely. Yeah, able to yeah. take a few. Yeah, exactly. Not, not, not now. Well. Not now. Take one and die now. <laughs> do, you me- do, yeah. do you remember about 10 years ago, everybody started dying from getting digs on the street? Do you remember that? Start reading Jesus. about that in the newspaper when you were well, when you were, were a kid. Wrong as well. I don't. But when I was a kid, right, you'd be walking down the road and a bunch of door bags, right, with weird haircuts, like them fringes, they jump out from behind a car and they'd literally nearly kill you. And then two days later, you'd be grand. You'd, t- right? you'd take at least five digs. To no the problem, face. right? Yeah. And now every day in the newspaper, they even had they had footage of some poor bastard on the road a couple of weeks ago, and he took one crap dig and fell wrong and died. I don't well, know what they're feeding falling us. Wrong. I don't falling know wrong. what are they feeding us that we're just falling down and dying, like. First of all, Concrete. I don't want to get hit. I don't want to get hit, right? And I don't want to yeah. hit anybody. But back in the day, when I was a young fella, I got the shit kicked out of me by 50 lads once. 50 lads. They lined up. I don't know how I'm alive, right? 50 lads in Fairview Park. Um, I got in a fight with this board who stole me bike. And I got my bike back off her. And she said she was going to get her brother to batter me for stealing my bike back off her. And I didn't believe her. And I went to the park St- with my st- mates. Stealing back is a great term. Yeah. I stole it back, right, my own bike, <laughs> off this board, and she was like, my brother's going to come down here with his mates and batter you tomorrow, and I was like, yeah, right, he is, yeah, and I, me and a lot of my mates went down to the park thinking, oh, if this fella shows up, we'll batter him, and there was about 10 of us, and I swear to God, there used to be this park, right, if anybody ever lived in, like, Glass Nevan or Drumcondra, like that, will remember the way, um, uh, uh, it's not Fairview Park, what was it called? Talca Park what Talca Park was like you used to have this playground that was like surrounded by concrete right you had this weird like um, semi-circle of concrete and it was cut into a hill so uh, the, all the swings and all were kind of on the flat but if you looked up it was just this concrete kind of like almost like ball alley and above it was grass and me and my mates are hanging out and we looked up and no word of a lie it was like the Warriors there was just 50 of these scrouts <laughs> standing around right on top of it and they came running down at us and all my mates ran they ran through water and everything they abandoned their bikes ran across the river and left me standing there I was standing like over the crossbars I couldn't get um, away in time and your man came down and hit me open handed clatter and told me that him and all his mates were going to batter me so I just started crying right I don't know I was about 14 or 15 I just started crying 
and no word of a lie, he organised about 50 of his pals into a lion. Like they were lining up for free sweets and they lined up and one at a time they come over and each single one of them hit me a dig. Right? Hit, popped me in the fucking mouth, right? And I, my parents were away and I was staying in Cabra at the time, which is about, I don't know, four miles away. So when they were done with me, I had to cycle the cabaret bawling with like one eye barely open, burst lip, fucking nose wrapped around me fucking face, blood pumping out me. I got home and so there was a whole big thing. The cops and all were called and um, uh, I think a lot of the young fellas were arrested. Like it was, it was full on, like loads of them queued up in the line and kicked the shit out of me, right? And Jesus. I was all right. I was all right. And now people are getting like spat on and dying. So there's something, the government, it's chemtrails or something like that. It's turning our bones into glass or something. And if it's like that now, I don't want to take a dig now either in case I die. So uh, yeah. I'd be running through town. Uh, but <laughs> I, I don't, don't want ha- to be the newspaper dig guy. Yeah, yeah there's one of them every two weeks now. You know, there was an assault yeah. and then someone like leaks it out because they record, put it on TikTok and it literally got pushed down and impaled their head in a spike or something. Like, it's horrific. But it was just rows every second day when I was a kid. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I got DDT in school, yeah. like a real one, and I nearly maybe died. We're just getting, maybe we're just getting more information, or not. Or t- we don't have our parents just to block us from hearing stories about people. Quite possibly, I maybe there was people dying left, right, and centre back then as well. Um, they were just keep, keeping it from us. But uh, I like that day of song. <laughs> it's deadly, yeah, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> who's your next one? Who's your last uh, one? My last one, yeah, is a uh, same thing. It's Madball, um, uh, singing their they're, war. Actually, they're American. They are American. And uh, back in the day, they only sang. They only sang in American. They only sang in <laughs> in English. But uh, the last couple of years, they have been working more and more kind of Spanish songs in. Because the singer of Madball's guy called uh, Freddie Croiken, and he is uh, interesting. He is the half brother of the singer from Agnostic Front. And uh, so, how do I even explain this? Okay, so the singer from Agnostic Front is Cuban. And Freddie is his half-brother. So I think his mother is Cuban and his father is Colombian. So he grew up speaking Spanish at home, I, I would assume. Right. And um, that would have been his first language at, in his house. But out in the streets, in school and all that, would have been English. And a couple of the other guys in the band um, are of Spanish descent as well. They're, they're, they're uh, of Latin descent as well. So in the last couple of years, they started doing a couple of songs in Spanish for the crack, but this is their first ever version of um, doing. They kind of covered themselves. They took one of the most popular songs, which is called Pride, and they done a version of it in Spanish. And apparently, that works out to be called Para Mi Gente, something like that. Again, I'm pronouncing that wrong. Para Mi Gente, and um, so this is Madball singing uh, a Spanish version of their own song Pride. Cambiar de malo a peor Siempre luchando para algo mejor Criado en estos malos tiempos De café y salimos de esto Pensando cuando yo era
That's Madball with Paramagente. Um, Madball are an interesting band. They they weren't really supposed to be a band. Um, when the lead singer Freddie was about uh, twelve years of age, he was hanging around with his older brother who would have been playing like CBGBs and stuff like that pretty much every week. Right. So he was hanging out in that kind of punk and hardcore and metal scene all the time. So they were having trouble getting support bands and stuff like that. They weren't, weren't getting along with a lot of the support bands, so they decided to make their own band uh, using Freddie, the 12-year-old kid, as a singer. So it was basically Agnostic <laughs> Front without the singer, but with the singer's little brother. He was 12 at the time. And they just had a load of uh, Agnostic Front songs that never made it on record or they didn't think were good enough or whatever. And uh, they just started putting those out. So, like, uh, Freddie, the singer, put his first seven-inch out it's first hardcore seven inch out at the age of twelve, Jesus. and they're still going to this day. Like, and they evolved. Like after they ended up putting out an album where they kind of got a little bit more serious. Where they were uh, still using the agnostic front guys, uh, mostly to kind of write songs. But then uh, they start bringing in kind of find the find the new guitarist to kind of become the Madball guitarist as opposed to the agnostic front guitarist playing for Madball. And it just evolved from this weird little kind of opening act that was fun. To see a little twelve-year-old kid jumping around screaming and shouting on the stage into a real band that are still going. It's, like, it's almost it's almost like the hardcore version of Funkadelic uh, Parliament. Yeah, where yeah. Just kind of, kind of was born out of the side of exactly. The other one. Just happened. It's it's mental. Now they took a break. Took a break. I think around like nineteen ninety nine or something like that. And they brought out uh, done a little little return EP called the the NYHC uh, EP, which is what this is off. It's only four tracks. Now, unfortunately, this is. Uh, if people are Madball fans, they're not going to like what I have to say. Madball are not a very good band. Um, they're not very good. But this little EP, this four-track EP, is stellar. Like, every song on it is a fucking killer. Um, they have stuff before this that was great, but when they came back again, every album they brought out pretty much sound the same. It was, the, it was see the type of show you'll be slagging hardcore for? You have betrayed me. And, like, yeah. that's exactly what, Madball were like every time I come around here again. Yeah, one hundred percent. That's the Madball me head, fucking like absolute gobshoy hardcore that is wildly popular in Europe. Um, what's, like that, that, what's that unreal song they have? Who Madball? Yeah, they have a song called Tightrope, which is off this EP. That's outrageous. Oh, like they have fucking some big banger, and I can't remember. Ah, um, I'll set it off. Yeah, See, that's, that's, that's outrageous. Bang, that's off the fair. first album. Yeah, that's off the first album. Um, <laughs> that's pre gobshitery. Um, he yeah. he was probably Jesus when that came out. He might have been sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, something like that. Jeez. That's the song that, that started hatebreed. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> like they were very much more kind of metal style than anything else. But then the rest of hardcore caught up to what they were doing, and everything sounded like them from that point on. But like I yeah. said, after, after this this uh, kind of return uh, reunion EP came out, every album that came out after it was just. It was, it was it was embarrassing. Let me put it that way. It was just like every song was that you have betrayed me. The streets, <laughs> the streets recognize the streets, and like <laughs> uh, uh, you owe me money or you know show some respect or some bullshit like that. And it was yeah, like yeah, it was yeah. just too much. Like I can't. I had to. I had to dip out. I had to dip out around 2005, 2006. And I went to see them loads of times. And they were fun, live, and all that kind of stuff. But just looking at the absolute like detrius of humanity that showed up to their fucking <laughs> gigs like um detritus actually that's the word um that showed up. Like that. I think, yeah it was like, yeah like that, that showed we're up doing, like, we're doing foreign language yeah whatever I'm brain, language. yeah i've had a headache yeah. for two weeks glad <laughs> right. um 
so yeah I, anyway that's mad ball that's my last one uh, that was their first attempt at singing in spanish they've done a bunch of them i think since then um but i'll never know so um, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm out with a mad ball game and oh. uh, mostly because their drummer picked a fight with me in new york a couple of years ago i told that story before it was the drummer on Bad Brains and Crow Mags as well. And he picked a row with me because I was getting a Crow Mags tattoo on my leg and I was wearing a Bad Brains t-shirt and he wanted money off, off me for wearing his band's merchandise. He was an absolute knobhead. What? Also the drummer in the Fun Loving Criminals of all people. Um, He's the same drummer? Same drummer. Fucking yep. Yeah, it's a bit of a knobhead. Amazing drummer. Give me, famous give me drummer. money for that t-shirt. I already paid for it. Yeah, and he was like, that's a bootleg. And I was like, it's a bootleg because this band don't exist. And he was bad, bad brains had broken up, you know. I was like, they don't exist anymore, oh, man. Like, it's, and I bought it in the shop around the corner. Like, I'm pretty sure he works in that shop. I, like, I was like, I bought it in Generation Records around the corner. And he was like, I don't care, man. You owe me a few quid. Like, that's my band. And you're getting me band's logo tattooed. And you're like, what the fuck? And I'm like, you're in the tattoo studio. The tattoo studio was actually owned by the guitarist from Agnostic Front, strangely enough. And, uh, he used one of my guitarists before. The lead, there you go. Did the lead singer play guitar? No, it would have been uh, Vinny Stigma was, is the guitarist. Oh. Um, yeah, he was one of my guitarists. Yeah, before, he owns in, in uh, what, the scene or Rula Vula or that, was it? I think they played Voodoo. V- it could no, have been Voodoo, I, yeah. I think it might have been Eamon Dorrance. Might have been Dorrance. Might have been. I think it was Eamon Dorrance. That's when they were, they were passing off Eamon Dorrance as like a proper world-class venue for about two years. They'd done that with loads of bands. I just remember I sold, I got bought a guitar off him, mate, and he was like, eh, I need that back just for one gig, because I'm putting on this gig, and they don't have a guitar, something like something, the ferry or something, you know, the same bullshit. So, yeah, I, I put them on, I put them on a couple of years ago, and they had, um, they brought over this kind of tour manager, German dude, who was just this tank of a human, who was a scumbag, who kept trying to like push more and more money out of us, for fees and stuff right. like that. The band themselves are grand. But the, whoever this road manager was was an absolute dirtbag, like an absolute dirtbag. I had, had a hundred rounds from that night. Anyway, that's my last one. That's Mad Bob. Uh, <laughs> who was your last one? Uh, Surprised nobody at Cigarettes because I mentioned it earlier. But uh, I think this is an interesting one because although they are Icelandic, they don't sing in Icelandic. They sing in an invent, invented language called uh, von Leske or mm. Hopland, Hopelandic. Weird. But uh, von Leske is how it's said in Iceland. Um, and it's he writes that to the sound of the music to make it fit yeah. in so basically like loads of people do that anyway but then they turn it into words like I do that I write the song like as a load of garbage mm. I hope like I fill in bits and then I'll go right I'll f- <clears throat> I have to figure out something that will fit like like syllab- syllabically mm. the syllables will have to fit into all yeah. that and it will have to roll off the phonetically better. Not so much phonetically, no. Um, but I think the way he does it is brilliant. He's constantly singing the exact sound with his mouth that he wants to fit in. So yeah. none of it is ever jarring. That's why they sound so chilled out. Like none of it is ever like, oh, that's, that didn't fit in there at all. Yeah. Like, like for instance, the end of the bar of the St. Elmo's Fire fucking song. Yeah. We used to do a podcast actually on songs that were wedged into films and then they had to wedge the name of the film into the... We were only talking about that. Yeah, yeah. Wedged the name of the movie into the song and it didn't fit. Saint Elmo's Fire at the end of it was Saint Elmo's Fire. Yeah, yeah, Unchained Melody. Yeah, Unchained Melody was the one. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, and he went, "No, I can't fit it in. It sounds stupid." Like Unchained Melody. You know what I mean? It's just wrong, and it sounds like it comes out of nowhere. That's yeah. So anyway, he's doing the opposite of all that. He's fitting in whatever sounds with his mouth. Interesting. 
There's syllables, and, and they do, it does sound like a language, but it's not. Um, Sigurds are obviously uh, from Iceland. They are an ambient dream rock, sort of fucking post rock mm. band. I don't know. It's very hard to describe them. I don't mm. really, one of those bands that labels left a long time ago. Um, so, von von Lenske uh, is different from natural and constructed languages for human communication. Uh, it consists of strings of meaningless syllables containing non-lexical lexical vocables <laughs> and phenoms. So there you go. I All can't right. even say this, and this is in English. Yeah. Uh, there's no grammatical relation or between uh, the syllables. Uh, they're not accompanied by any defined word boundaries. So, you know, it's a really bad way mm. to write that. I wish I'd written that myself instead of just swiping that because I was late, late with this last bit. Mm. <laughs> this is from their second album, Agitis Biron, I think, from 1998. That album is absolutely incredible. I don't really know jack shit about this band. And this is song is called Svein Genglar. And if you want to give it a little blast there, this is what they sound like. Okay. That's like something that should be playing during a movie when someone's doing a long drive. Yeah, they've scored movies before. They've yeah. in game in Game of Thrones. They've done loads of stuff. Yeah, that makes uh, sense. They recorded in um, a swimming pool that had been turned into a studio for like the acoustics and stuff like that. They've seven albums, but none in the last eight or so years. So I don't know what's going on there, but um, hmm. maybe they'll come back with an absolute banger. But uh, they are an absolutely fantastic band. I love the fact that. I'd, I'd hate I'd love to because I hate writing lyrics I'd love to not have to do it I'd love to have to mm. not even fit stuff in with the way I want because it can be a pain in the ass I'm not really great at it so it takes me ages to write something that just can get away with no one like looking at it for too long you know that way yeah, as long so as it's not like fly high in the sky type of fucking shit you're, you're yeah, generally the, the way, grand the way, the way it's I hard write to lyrics, avoid it the way, yeah the way I try and write lyrics is the way it takes so long try and make it slightly interesting but don't go into cheesy and cringy yes and that's really fucking hard to do real hard because you've been listening to so much music for your whole life your brain yeah. wants to replicate stuff that's heard 
It was real hard not to do that. And didn't you forget that you can get away with murder? Like, the Cure's lyrics aren't great if you think yeah. about it. Oh, yeah. Like, if you really, really, like, some of the Cure's lyrics are insanely good, but mostly, and even some of my favourite songs, oh, that's whatever. Just, yeah. It's just there. They're just yeah. lyrics. So, but I, also, yeah, so this is, this really, I love the way he does this because he could be saying anything he wanted and it sounds phonetically perfect to the music and it doesn't get in the way. Mm. It hasn't got jagged edges. It's just nice and smooth. And, uh, it doesn't matter if it makes doesn't make any sense. You make their own say. language. Make up uh, Helmetish, and just do uh, albums and Helmetish. Just do that. But yeah, Dave and if anybody says that, and you're just like, what are you doing? But you bigger. Be like that. It's <laughs> my language. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Stop being racist <laughs> towards well, that fucking. Was, that was our. Uh, <laughs> that was our foreign language songs. Ten Twas. songs that we love in other languages. Yes, indeed. Uh, we are back next Monday with a fresh one. We're back. When is this out? Uh, this out Monday. <laughs> Monday. Oh, I got no. Yeah, You're listening okay. to it on Monday. On so Monday. So there won't be there won't be a me and you show this Saturday, but there might be a me show depending on which way it goes. Uh, but we're back on Monday with a fresh podcast. If you like what we do, go to lostartpodcast.com. Has all the links on it. If you really like what we do, go to patreon.com forward slash lostartpodcast. That's a subscription based service. Five euros a month. It used to be five dollars a month. Now it's five euros a month. It makes more sense. And uh, we always put our content up up there. Our live, uh, live Saturday night shows. If you can't listen to them live, you can get the recorded version on Patreon. I put a video up there a couple of days ago uh, about all the records that I picked up during lockdown. Well, not all them, most of them. Um, and there's loads of exclusive exclusive podcasts and videos and loads of stuff. Me and you in the pub getting drunk. There's loads of that early on. Uh, you get access to two years worth of exclusive Patreon shit for a five or a month and you don't have to stay there you can literally jump on for a month or two watch it all and feck off if you really want we to. hope you forget to, obviously we hope yeah. you absolutely forget um, but uh, if you don't forget that's fine just jump on and get the stuff and leg it again and then do like an OnlyFans job in it you know give them all six months to get a load of new clobber together <laughs> <laughs> and then you jump back on for the whatever tenor uh and you get all the months worth because you're just going to scroll through it anyway and just whatever watch Are it you're not lock, locked out of old months no you've got the full year oh, I, sorry. Thought, I don't know like, why I thought it would be like a Playstation Plus where like oh no you, did, you weren't around for October oh you missed October no no we're Patreon I, I think I, I, the app is weird if you use the app I think it only lets you go back like six months before you have to log into the website to get access to the stuff. Something weird like that. The, the, their app, to be honest with you, is, it's all right. It kind of works, but it's, it's, um, like a lot of these apps are just their uh, front ends for the, for the website. They're not kind of self-contained, so they get a bit gammy sometimes. Uh, right. But the, the app does work. I use it the odd time just for, for, for checking on stuff, you know. Uh, but to be honest with you, 99% <laughs> of the time. Checking on stuff. <laughs> yeah, just make see if there's any comments, because sometimes the, the, the you don't get notifications and shit like that so it's oh, easier oh Patreon this whole not time I about, you were talking, talking about this whole fans. time I was like what the fuck is no, he talking about I, this on the radio like, at the, after this I'm going to be like Gary you need to cut that out no, yeah, not, not, not cut out doing it not cut out doing it do what you want cut the bit out like oh no no uh, no, I'm talking about uh, Patreon. I wouldn't know oh, anything right. about OnlyFans. <laughs> I wouldn't know anything about... Who's there asking you that. on radio or on, on the podcast? Yeah. What's up? Oh, lucky uh, old And who do you be looking at, girl? No, I don't know Patreon. I don't know. Do, they, do the other do the ones even have an app? I don't think so. I think it's just a website. <laughs> this um, is like, Jesus, he's being very far right today. Very blunt. Yeah, like, it's this... Uh, 
It's this new oil that he's taking. It's exactly. New snake oil that I want, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I got, I got six wanks out of that one. And then, no, I'm talking about Patreon. Um, but yeah, once you sign up to Patreon, you have access to the everything we've ever posted up there. But like I said, on the app, I think you can only see like six months worth of stuff on the app. I could be wrong. And uh, before you have to log into the website to get all the cool. stuff. So do that. Um, the links for supporting us and all that malarkey are in the podcast that you just clicked on they're there in the text they're there for you uh, that's it for this week we will be back next week uh, good morning good afternoon good night whatever time you're yeah. listening to it thank you very much good night good night <laughs>